Hi, and welcome back to the show. Today, I'm joined by Nacho Angelo. He is the co-founder and CEO of Cubic. Cubic, as we will go into, is spelt K-U-U-B-I-I-K. You're not going to forget that anytime soon. Cubic is a outsourcing service provider. They have come at it a little bit different, a different angle. They offer both full-time dedicated staffing and also by the hour staffing. They're fundamentally a fully remote distributed workforce. They have staff all over the globe. So it's a really good, interesting and insightful conversation with Nacho to explore the growth of Cubic. It's four years old, the business, and how he has taken a different angle on the offshoring market and where he sees opportunity. And we also discuss different staff from different countries and and what that means for management and and also clients. So a really good conversation with Nacho. As always, if you're on any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs, and we can help you too. We cover everything from offshore business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations, and fully managed services. If you are already outsourcing, about to start, or are somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your offshore operations. The Outsource Accelerator Marketplace now covers over 3,000 outsourcing firms, representing a global workforce of over 5 million people. We also host this leading outsourcing podcast, publish inside outsourcing, and have over 15,000 pages of content on the site. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Also, if you find this podcast interesting or valuable, please share it. We have now produced hundreds of episodes featuring the outsourcing world's most prominent luminaries. Please show your support by sharing this podcast today. Nacho, why not introduce us to Cubic and first of all, how it's spelt? Yeah, of course. Uh, So Cubic is a unique name. (laughs) It's spelled K-U-U-B-I-I-K. And yeah, we basically provide full-time and by-the-hour BPO solutions. So both outsourcing and offshoring. Yeah, and we've been doing it for about four years now. Great. Congratulations. Yeah, the spelling, people might have a a double take on that, but K-W-B-I-I-K.com. Yeah. Interesting. What was the origin of of the name? It, It came from like a cubic meter or also like a cubicle and in a way like a replacement of that. So sort of like a digital cubicle. <laughs> That's that, that was like the thought process behind the name. 
Yeah, nice. and we wanted like something it. quite original, like W, double I. So like when someone sees it, it's just like sticks. And yeah, so far, so good. Yeah, they say uh, names with Ks are good as well. Yeah? And I think they say two syllables is best, like Google and Facebook and stuff like that. So maybe you're on something. Maybe you're on something. And what was your what's your origin story? You've been going for years. Were you using offshore stuff yourself and and sort of saw the big potential? Yeah, we started about four years ago. We started mostly with the by the hour sort of like option or solution that we provide now, where you know, like you don't necessarily need like a full-time staff perhaps for all the work that you need, et cetera. So like we wanted to provide like this flexibility. Uh, agencies don't necessarily provide that. Freelancers, they do provide it, but then how reliable can they be on the long term? So we wanted to provide uh, like a, a solution where it's reliable, where it's like high quality as well. So we started with the by the hour concept, outsourcing by the hour, similar to like what you would have like in terms of VAs and things like this, but we wanted to do it really more on the quality side, so specialize in specific areas such as like maybe graphic design, web development, and also marketing and many other fields basically. And as we started developing this over the years, we we realized that a lot of people are also asking for full-time. So we didn't really start with a classic outsourcing full-time, but now we're doing like a lot of full-time now and we do it in, I think, a refreshing way compared to maybe some traditional methods. And yeah, I think a lot of companies, a lot of our clients really find what we do like very innovative and that's why they work with us. Basically, they, there's like this sort of trust and this sort of like quality that they enjoy when they work with, with us. Yeah. Well done. You, how did you go with the whole by the hour thing? It, are, you, are you still doing that? You're trying to move away from that? It, it's generally harder, isn't it? Like do people kind of want three hours a week, it, it gets a little bit kind of piecemeal, yeah? Yeah, it's, I would say maybe at the beginning it was complex, but now I think we, we nailed it. We know how it works. We still offer that service. We, of course, also do the full-time. We offer both. Clients can choose from, like, maybe get a full-timer and get maybe a by-the-hour staff as well if they need so. The good thing about what we offer, though, is that on the by-the-hour concept, they don't necessarily need to be stuck with the same person or with the same type of task. So let's say like they would buy maybe, I don't know, 20 hours of credit and they could use those 20 hours with anyone that they want. So they could be like with a marketer, it could be with a marketer that specialize in something very specific. So maybe like they want, I don't know, a CM specialist, and then they want to also have like a copywriter for their blog. But then we also have the graphic designer that can help with the ads and, or maybe a web developer that can help with your website. So all of that is available under that 20 hour package. So you don't need to stick with one person. You can, you actually access a whole department. So the by the hour concept is more, it's almost like an agency by the hour concept in a way. So that's where it's slightly different from anything maybe that is very common out there. Right. Yeah. And what extent of roles do you have? Like I assume I, I can't get two hours of rocket scientists from you. Like, is it kind of a standard set of roles that are available and, and on hand and, and how do you manage the uh optimize like the utilization rates of these people that you have sitting around yeah so i'll, I'll maybe i'll cover two points like there's the full-time staff and there's also the by the hour for the full-time 
we can do pretty much anything that can be done remotely. So think of, I don't know, customer success, executive assistant, graphic designer, video editor, sales reps, HR, digital marketing of web developers, UI, UX designers, et cetera, but also other more, you know, other roles that are maybe not as common in the outsourcing industry, maybe like architects, civil engineers, translators, online tutors. Uh, so these kind of roles we can also do. And we've done, actually, we filled quite a few number of like roles that are very interesting. So for the full-time staffing, technically it's like anything remote that can be done remotely, we can mm. do for our clients. And the good thing is- you're well, just recruiting from the global pool of talent, aren't you? So, I mean, there's no limit on, on the roles. You're, you're just going out to the market and recruiting for that stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and if a client wants to have let's say a talent in a specific country, we can do that. So for example, sometimes we have clients who would say like, oh, I want someone in Thailand because I'm developing my business over there. Or I have like someone, I need someone in Mexico because I want, I prefer them to be in the same time zone as the US. Although like the Philippines can definitely do that as well, but they have that preference and we offer that as well. So that's on the full time that gives like that super full worldwide flexibility. But on the by the hour, it's a little bit more limited due to the sort of like agency model. So we offer basically marketing, design, video editing, web development, and admin and operations, basically. Wow. Yeah. And you don't have to obviously reveal your margins, but I assume the by the hour has significantly more markup than a full-time dedicated staff member because... Like you're carrying those staff, yeah. And, you know, as you say, an agency model typically would charge out at kind of 3x the base salary cost. So do the clients kind of understand that the hourlies are significantly more expensive than the the full-time dedicated staff? Yeah. And, and I mean, it's fairly normal in the sense as well where we do a lot of supervision, much like an agency. So you have like senior roles that will supervise. There's like our directors, there's like director of marketing that is also overseeing all the work that everyone is doing. So like you pay for that too, in a way. So it's really like, like an agency concept, right? And everything that we do is of, of high quality. I mean, people can always go on our website and see like some of the case studies or portfolio that we're updating from time to time and see for themselves. But yeah, it's usually like very high end quality, much like like how, what you would get in an agency. On the full time, of course, like you'll be working on a, you know, directly with a person and the quality is also uh, good. We also do like monthly reviews with the full-time staff. So let's say like, let's just take the graphic designer, for example, we would check with the graphic designer, the work that has been done with uh, the client, just to make sure that they are following our standard. And if it's not good enough, we'll say like, hey, you should, you know, maybe do it that way or try this other method, or let's try to increase, elevate the quality basically. So we do this sort of like quality control over everyone, whether it's like the full time or by the hour, but it's true that on the by the hour, it's very much, um, I don't know, very much more like an agency thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good model. Do you often get people you know, doing 10, 20 hours with a developer and then saying, you know, can I, this guy's, this girl is great. Can I take them full time on my team? Uh, yeah, that happens with, you know, developer and all the other ro roles. Depends sometimes like 
if the developer there himself is like available as well, but it happens like most of the time, like clients would want to try or test with like maybe the hourly rate and then go on with like the full time. So it's a good way also to test the quality to make sure that they can always count on like the quality and everything. And the good thing also on the by the hour is that it's on the month to month base. So there's no contract or anything like that. It's really like, if you like it, you stay. If you don't like it, you can just uh, stop the, the, the contract and then that's it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's very powerful, isn't it? You must have very complex sort of project management backend to be able to manage all of these credit hours and then the projects that are being done for those credit hours, does it get pretty complex in the back end? I mean, yeah, nothing too crazy. We have, we use project management tools and sometimes we also adapt to the client. I mean, obviously like every client might have their own project management tools. Some might use like Asana, some use ClickUp, some use like Trello or other tools as well, like Jira. And they would just ask if we can adapt to that and we're fine with it. So. It's fine. We also, oh yeah, but on the by the hour concept and also on the full time, you, you get also an account manager. So that person will follow up with you on, on the staff, on the projects, on the tasks as well, on top of the person that is working directly for you as well. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well done. And with the remote full-time staff, then you're truly sort of global in that you can generate talent or, or source talent from any country. Do you have your favorite spots? Do you find that you sort of congregate around two or three main countries or is it literally kind of the best applicant wins kind of thing? It's a little bit of both. I would say there is a tendency for the Philippines, uh, just because I think the Philippines has a very strong background and very great candidates in terms of like when it comes to outsourcing talent, but you do have like great talent in, in Eastern Europe or in, let's say, Malaysia and in Indonesia as well. In South America, Mexico as well is very popular. But the, the good thing to note as well is that we don't necessarily do outsourcing purely on the price. If, let's say, you have a requirement to, I don't know, find a talent in Japan or Korea or even in the U.S., inside the U.S., we can do that as well. So let's say recently we are currently, actually, we're currently looking for two roles in in Japan, one is a country manager, the other one is a business development manager, or you have another example, let's say in India, we're looking for a CTO. But the roles that, that sorry, the examples that I'm just saying now are higher roles, but we also do like smaller roles, let's say like translator in Japan. But of course the salaries will be slightly different. And of course the cost will be different, but then you don't have to hire that person in the country itself and you don't have to have a business entity in the country itself as well. So, and we handle all that for you. Right, right. No, it's, it's a huge opportunity. And do you find, so what are your kind of countries of primary selection then? You said the Philippines and then I assume yeah. kind of Mexico for LATAM because of obviously the language and, and scale. Mm -hmm. Are there any sort of unusual ones, any outliers that you've found particularly intriguing? Well, I would say like, some a specific maybe skill mm -hmm. for example like i we tend to find lots of great graphic designers in indonesia more than other countries for example or even in vietnam actually in vietnam you have great marketers as well and great graphic designers you also have great web developers as well obviously like 
tech teams in India too, in Sri Lanka as well. Very good talents in Sri Lanka. But of course, it depends on the client. Every, like sometimes there's like language uh, requirements, such as I need them to speak Cantonese because they're in Hong Kong, or I need them to speak like what you said, like maybe Spanish or another language because they're based in, in some like in South America or something. So we can we can uh, cater to that. And uh, to answer your question before, we don't necessarily have a preference for the country. We would try to find the best suited suitable candidate based on the, the job description, I would say, regardless of the art, and also actually based on the budget. So sometimes like you might have someone who's like a client who might say like, oh, my, my maximum budget is this much. Then we will say, oh, maybe then you can look into those countries if you need someone that has a little bit more experience and for the same sort of like cost compared to that other country. Yeah. 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 No, it's fascinating, isn't it? And, you know, when you use the whole world as your potential talent pool, it's incredible, really. How do you, I don't want to get too much into the magic source, but how do you tap into the good candidates of each country? Is it through the standard job portals of those countries or you kind of digging into remote works and Facebook yeah, and I'm stuff like that? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. We don't do we don't do Facebook. We would do a lot of like recruitment portals, but I think over the the last few years we started getting a lot of like candidates organically as well. And uh, on on our website we have an amazing pool of like talents that are applying on a daily basis. I think on a weekly basis we get about three to four hundred new clients, uh, sorry, new talents or new candidates, should I say? So of course, like we need to go through, interview them, et cetera. And then we would put them into our candidate list, pre-vetted candidate list. And whenever we have a client that is like looking for a specific talent, we would have that sort of like pool of candidates that are hot and ready. And usually they're amazing talents. That's very, very helpful. So yeah, besides the recruitment platforms and everything, which obviously helps for whenever we, we have like a very specific role, that's the best way to do it. But otherwise, for more standard roles, like, I don't know, like a digital marketer or a virtual assistant or like a web developer, we have an amazing pool already of very, very good talents. Fascinating. And in terms of your pricing then, I mean, do you, again, you don't have to sort of talk dollars and cents, but are you kind of adding a um, margin on to everyone's salary or is it like a flat fee regardless of kind of whether they're a rocket scientist or a VA? How do you structure your services? Oh, I think, like I, I mentioned earlier, one of the reasons a lot of businesses are working with us is because we're very transparent with everything we do. So there's no like, usually like hiccups or there's no like surprises in the middle. So we would always share very transparently what's the salary of the person without any margin or anything like that. So we'll say like, let's say this is Justin and Justin is like, he's expecting 800 USD per month, let's just say. And then on top of that, we'll say we have a management fee and our management fee is fixed. And regardless of the salary and regardless of the position, even like the positions that I mentioned earlier, the CTO or the managing director, the country director, sorry, that's still like flat fee. and. We don't see like why we would need to do a percentage. A flat fee covers all the fees and all the, let's say, like expenses related to that person. 
So yeah, that's what we offer and it's super transparent basically. Well done. And how do you find, I mean, you've been doing this a number of years now and it was pre-COVID, but how have you found building the cubic culture and identity amongst your staff and ensuring standards and protocols and things like that? And, you know, just sort of building a culture and identity. Is that sort of, are we in the brave new world where everyone is just sort of down with that now? Or are you sort of having to build these means by which people are sort of finding, you know, homogeneity sort of thing? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, a remote company culture is always a challenge, but I think we've done it like very well. We have like an excellent like employee retention. Our stuff like stays with us for a very long time. And because we started with the by the hour concept, we structure the team more as an agency at the beginning and everything that goes with it, such as like high standards and also like, you know, like before hiring someone, we also do like background checks. We do like test assessments and we kept that as well for the full time. So that means even if, let's just say you would, you were, you would to hire someone through us, we would do the background checks. So that's usually like criminality check, ID check, reference check. That's mandatory. That's per hour SOPs. And so you would also have the option to do a test assessment as well. So that's sort of like part of the, the process, part of the standards. In terms of the culture, like I said, we, we do like monthly checkup with everyone. We ensure that the standard is high. So they do feel like they belong to us as well as working for our clients, even though they work full-time for the clients, et cetera, but they feel like that belonging and working with us as well. And there's like this pride of working with us. That's, I mean, that's what I felt, or maybe that's what I like to think. I don't know, but there's, I feel like the team is living really well. And you're based in Singapore. I mean, that's a conversation in its own right, but Singapore has very sort of restricted visa situation, very high salaries. What are you seeing in terms of the uh, utilization from Singapore, the demand from Singapore, and how's that market over there? Yeah, I mean, we started in Singapore. We're still headquartered in Singapore. I'm based in Singapore. Like a, a good part of my team is in Singapore. And we started with Singapore clients. Now we have more and more like clients from all around the world, obviously. But yeah, very good market, especially to pilot, especially to understand what's the high standards. As you can imagine, like Singapore is usually like, you know, very strict when it comes to like protocols and things like this. So that's definitely something that helped (laughs) build the company as well. Uh, making sure that everything is very secure that you know that let's say the softwares that we use or the hardwares that we use are are also like very well put in place and there's no like yeah surprises etc but yeah singapore is a great way and a great place to to start and to be based from as well we get we have like great opportunities here as well because we can talk to like a lot of let's say us companies that would have maybe an office here as well in Singapore. So it's very helpful as well. Right. Yeah. And do you focus mainly on, on Singapore as your client base or how do you reach out to your potential clients and destinations? We, I mean, we, it's a market that we explored a lot. We still explore a lot. We have like good 
amount of our clients are from Singapore itself, but we have a lot of clients now from the US. We have more and more clients from Europe as well. We have more and more clients actually from Australia and New Zealand. And we started to explore Korea and Japan, which is a slightly different markets, you know, different, different language as well, but it's definitely very interesting as well. So, but yeah, in terms of the focus, I would say perhaps it lies in those four or five countries that I mentioned, Singapore and, and maybe Singapore and Hong Kong sort of like together, Australia, New Zealand, the US and Canada and Europe. Not necessarily as a country, but maybe as a continent, maybe the UK, France, Germany, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? I just wrote an article on the concept of default global, which is a concept that Andreessen Horowitz has uh, coined, and saying that you know now companies, especially tech companies, are fundamentally default global because they're on global rails such as Stripe and Shopify and things like that, and consumers are fundamentally global now as well it's just it's so different isn't it to sort of 10 years ago mm-hmm. you are a small medium-sized company you're growing but you are fundamentally global in nature in terms of where you're sourcing your staff where your services are, are kind of provided from but also your clientele it's truly an incredibly global experience isn't it yeah we usually introduce our, ourselves more as a digital company, not always as outsourcing because we're really like fully remote. We, everything that we do is like through digital means, but yeah, it's very good. It's, I think it's a new way of, it's a new way of, of, you know, seeing things as well and of uh, maybe doing this outsourcing business. Um, but it's just a different way. I, I think that the, having like an office, et cetera, is as good and as important. There's definitely like sometimes clients that would ask, oh, do we have an office? Uh, and we would say no. But um, so it, it, sometimes we, we lose clients for that. But the majority of the time, like you said, I think, and probably because of COVID or thanks to COVID, a lot of, a lot of clients nowadays are actually Pretty, pretty fine with having a remote team because they've had remote, team, re- remote teams like enforced for two years during like COVID and they realized that turns out it works really well. And, uh, you know, why not get someone from overseas that can do exactly the same work, probably even better quality, more experienced and even more cost effective. So yeah, they, I think people are really exploring more and more, as you said, and there's definitely like more interest for that and less barriers for sure. Yeah. And I, I think some people, some clients are more lenient about their virtual staff. You know, they might prefer for their local, their main team to work from the office, and but their virtual staff, they're kind of happy for them to work from their bedroom. But I suppose it's polarized because there are some clients that actually have a mistrust of virtual staff and they want them in offices. They want them sort of, you know, very high security, PCI compliant and, yep. you know, checking all the boxes. So I suppose it's quite polarized in that regard, but I meet a lot of clients where it's, it's standard procedure to come into the office for their main team. And then the virtual staff, they don't need an office. They don't need an environment. Yeah. They're just online and they're cool with that. So it's yeah. funny how there's kind of different standards for the kind of home team versus the offshore. Yeah. And, and what we realize is that there's a lot of business functions that don't necessarily require you to be in office all the time. 
and we've we see it with more and more business functions of course there are some that you can't just replace just like that but in majority of the case uh, of the cases like i think it's pretty it's just very very doable it's like everything can be pretty much pretty, you know done pretty much remotely we're actually exploring a bit like offices as well here and there as maybe to expand more options as well but uh, we haven't yeah we haven't reached that point i would say but it's definitely something that we're eyeing on and uh, we're looking at partners eventually in the first phase uh, we have some potential partners in eastern europe we have some potential partners in the philippines as well where we could just like work with them and offer to offer those services basically but yeah to be honest so far in if i were to give like a number maybe 95% of the case clients are absolutely fine with like fully remote teams only very few cases where they would ask really for an office and that applies for everything like maybe some roles that are more traditional in terms of like you need to have an office like customer service or call center or telemarketers they would ask for that you would think they would ask for that but actually not that much anymore and i used to where i worked before i used to handle like really big big teams big like sales teams or big like telemarketing teams and when covid hit i just realized that oh wow you can actually do that like fully remote and the the, the softwares that we used back then had to adapt as well to covid right like more security measures more tracking system more like screen sharing or screen recording so actually you have all the tools online to have like a very very secure environment and still run your business and actually cut down on the costs because having an office obviously that increases your outsourcing costs where whereas with us since we're fully remote I think our outsourcing costs are perhaps like a little bit lower compared to like traditional outsourcing yeah it's fascinating everything is evolving isn't it and you seem to focus more on the what is it the modern roles you know like the digital marketers the graphic designers the video producers editors web developers like a lot of those a lot of those roles but also the industries that focus on those roles they're they're generally kind of more up with the times aren't they and they're kind of on board with remote they're on board with the interfaces and tools and software that that facilitate all of this do you find are they generally open to asynchronous work or you know if you have an american client do they still generally want them to be working those hours it if i think every client has different preferences we really adapt to anything we're not i think being remote allows you to have lots of flexibility so we can really adapt to pretty much anything so even different working hours or like different days or one day a week like literally we can do it all uh, and it's absolutely fine for us and so and uh, yeah you mentioned that we cover like more modern roles but if you look at it we also offer like sales roles where there's like KPIs there's like things like this that we can put in place as well we also do like architects which you might think like oh an architect can they do that remotely but yeah we have that we have civil engineers as well some really interesting roles that are a little bit like outside the box and yeah it's definitely super interesting yeah it's really powerful and with the advancing technology of course everyone's talking about ai and the copilot and and the sort of tools that streamline all of this are you seeing a lot of clients 
kind of demanding, especially with your agency side, you know, like I now want a website or some sort of design done in 10 minutes instead of five hours. Like how are you seeing the awareness and demand for incorporation of AI into your processes? I, I feel like it's actually very normal to want something faster just because there's a tool that allows to make it faster. So actually that's whenever, when AI just like sort of came out of its bubble a few months ago, like we started like implementing it right away into the company. Like I ask everyone to use AI as much as possible to accelerate the pace, make things faster, work faster, and just produce more. Because our goal is not to necessarily like, it's not to like, oh, slow down the work so you can add for more, ask for more hours. That's absolutely not the goal. The goal is to actually do the, the total opposite. Try to do as much as you can within the one hour you have so that the result is one is good and is also it has exceeded the, the expectations. So if AI can help in that manner, then absolutely. So we incorporate that. And if clients are asking us to incorporate, like let's say, can you use like a AI video or can you use like chat GPT for our copy? Let's say like social media. Oh, we would like to use AI. No need to, no need to have a copywriter. Well, we'll have the copywriter just to proofread everything because AI is not always 100% like the most accurate still, but we still have the, let's say, copywriter use AI to like structure, create. Yep. Sorry. Um, I unfortunately muted you, Nacho. So just carry on from there. You were talking about the AI integration of processes. Yeah. So not sure where I left off, but... I was saying that we're encouraging everyone to use AI a lot just because it's just going to increase the productivity and it's going to make the tasks a lot like faster. And if a client is asking to use AI, then we can definitely do so. And we're very happy to do so because actually it just makes more in less time. So uh, like I said earlier, like our time, our objective is like within the same time frame, if you can do more, if we can exceed the expectations while using AI, then so like that's even better. So actually having AI around is really, really a good thing, I think. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And it puts a lot of, I suppose, what does it do? It puts a lot of pressure on agency format to you've got to have the best staff, you've got to have the best processes, you've got to have the best technology working for you. And if AI is invented on Monday, then you kind of need to adopt it by Tuesday. At least this is the expectation of the clients because they're sort of paying you to be kind of a ready-made solution. Whereas with staffing, it's kind of like, well, you know, we've hired John for you and, you know, it's kind of up to John now to learn about AI and learn about those new tools and you work with them for that. So it's kind of hard on an agency, isn't it? Because you, it's really difficult to tool up and stay on top of all of these trends yeah. and get kind of AI experts in. It's tough because things are evolving yeah. so quick. It is, it is. It is. Um, the agency side is always like, you know, high quality, high expectation. But that's where I think it, it goes back to what I was saying, where we put the standard of like our agency back to our outsourcing stuff as well. So you see like, you mentioned John joining a company and it's like, oh, John, you have to handle that now. Like, we don't care. Well, we don't do that at Cubic. What we say is like, hey, John, it looks like your client would like you to learn AI. Here's a few training. If you want to, do, if you want to do one hour with us, we can train you on this. 
So there's really like, we're really accompanying the person so they can do the best and, and, and so that the client can be happy. So I think for us, as long as we keep the, the client satisfied and as long as the, they're happy with the work that we do, that's the most important thing for me. We have like a very good, I, w- I would, I like to think that we have a very good like client retention. We, there's like some clients that have been with us since the first day we started and a good amount of clients have been with us for a long time. So I think it's just, it's a good testimony of like our quality and uh, of the effort we put for to everything we do. Yeah. Makes sense. Are you getting, with the agency side, are you getting a lot of requests now for AI engineers, whatever they are, like coders, developers, like I, not they're that in hot much. demand, yeah? Yeah, there is, but not that much. We, re- we have a lot of requests for creating websites. So by the way, we also do code-based projects. So let's say if you don't want to go on the by-the-hour base, because obviously sometimes, let's say creating a website, Maybe you don't need a full time. Maybe you don't need a by the hour. You technically need a, a, a quote. So we do that as well from time to time. And we do also like mobile apps and things like that as well. So that's the side note for it. But like AI, AI projects, not that much. I, I get like maybe AI plugins or maybe AI enhancements of their of current websites, but not like creating an AI tool or something. Not for now, at least. Yeah, I suppose we live in a bit of a bubble. Like it seems like everyone's using AI, but it really hasn't kind of penetrated normal life yet, has it? It's, uh, yeah. it's still, it's still yeah, on the horizon. Right. Nacho, really fascinating conversation. Congratulations with the growth of Cubic. As always, I encourage people to reach out and have a conversation and see how staffing can really transform their business. And of course, you have the hourly um, option, which is really sort of flexible and fantastic for people to explore. So to dip their toe in as well. So if people want to know more or reach out, how can they do that? Yeah, they can go on our website, cubic.com with a funny spelling, as we mentioned at the beginning of the of this that's call. K-U-U-B-I-I-K. Yep, that's exactly yeah. it, dot com. And then, yeah, they can just reach out to us from there. There's you know phone numbers, there's contact forms, et cetera. And yeah, we'll be in touch. Like usually when someone reaches out to us, like, that's within a few minutes or maybe a few hours where we're ready to reply. That was Nacho Angelo of Cubic. He is the co-founder and CEO. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. And as always, if you want to ask us a question, just send us an email to ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.